0: D&D 5e Character Lab podcast with your hosts, Karen and Dan. Welcome
1: to the D&D Character Lab, the show based around one thing we as players cannot resist.
0: And that is compulsively creating characters and daydreaming about their validity in-game. Each week we are bringing a new character to the table drawing from a plethora of Ravnica content and scoring it against a predefined table of criteria. It is then up to us to use our own personal charisma modifiers to convince the other that our baby is better. Hey everyone, it's
1: Dan and I'm Garen and this week we conclude our magic month of November by creating level 9 characters using the content from the latest supplement from Wizards of the Coast. You know what I'm talking about. It's available for sale now at your local comic shop and it's Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica.
0: That's right, Garen. This supplement features two new subclasses, the Druid Circle of Spores and the Order Domain Cleric. Now, since we've already featured the Circle of Spores on this show a number of times, we will not be showcasing that subclass again this week. But we will be certain to showcase the guilds described in this supplement, as well as two of the six new races that this supplement has to offer. And ding, ding, ding. What have we been asking for, Garen? Backgrounds. It's got new backgrounds as well, so we'll be showcasing those. But before we dive all the way into the characters this week, let's set the scene
1: for this setting that is showcased in the supplement. The world of Ravnica. 10,000 years ago, a war ravaged the lands of Ravnica. It left it in mere ruins, threatening to end all life in the world altogether. To avoid complete apocalypse, the guild masters of Ravnica, or dignitaries from each of the ten armies involved in the Great War, signed the Guild Pact. Essentially the magical equivalent of a ceasefire. Tensions have been high in the land ever since the war amongst each of these guilds, and they each exist in much similar form today as they did 10,000 years ago, each representing different ideals and sharing their own goals.
0: Very succinct, Garen. Now, this is a really fun setting, but before we populate it with our own characters for our listeners, let me just briefly gloss over the rules of our show. We'll be scoring our character creations this week against nine criteria, which are melee damage output, range damage output, burn-inating, which is the magic damage, control in and out of battle, tankiness, or how well the PC can take a hit, or what kind of healing uh, uh, properties they have, ally assist, what abilities they have that can help their fellow party members, balance, how optimized is this character, And also the smooth operator and spitting fire sections where we have a role playing scenario that is submitted to us by one of our patrons. And we must decide how to navigate that scenario using our charisma based skills or sometimes using a spell, maybe a background feature, whatever else we can think of. The more creative, the better. Now, each of us will get one challenge roll per episode where we can make the other person earn the score that they're arguing for. Each of the scores that we are arguing for have a DC associated with it. And we have to roll to earn that score using our charisma modifier added to the roll. Now, if we meet that DC, obviously we achieve the the score. But if we do not, we take the score below that which we're arguing for. Now that that is out of the way, let me tell our listeners about my character guild this week. You see what I did there? I do not. Instead of build, I said character guild, guild master. Oh,
1: boy. Yeah, I know. You're, I, I'm, it's almost getting too good. Your puns are so tight, you can't even see the pun anymore.
0: Well, I hope you all are still having pun, because I'm going oh. to I'm, I'm gonna introduce you to Zangrace, A military research for the House Demir, a dark association of spies and assassins whose existence is but a rumor amongst the population of Ravnica at large. Zangrace works tirelessly in his underground medical laboratory. Born an elf, Zangrace is hardly recognizable from his birth form as he has animalian tough patches of scaly skin and what little teeth he has left appear to be rotten or eroded completely, giving his Mm. face a somewhat sunken appearance. Because the House Demir Guild hungers to know what it does not already, the head assassins of the guild have tasked their best researcher, Zangrace, with understanding how to deal more deadly damage, absorb big hits, and even recover from those hits. Though ever a work in progress, Zangrace has perfected some of these skills for the guild to help protect his boys in the field. Zangrace is a level 9 Simic hybrid college of martyrs bard of the simic scientist background now the college of martyrs bard is an original creation from dm's guild that is authored by logan adams and is, and is available for pay what you want
1: nice so it sounds like you made a little bit of a dark guy once again
0: a little bit but uh if, if you go through the guilds house of Demir is is pretty dark
1: Right, and you had your choice of any guild you want, and you chose the super dark one. I did, I did. I mean, I'm just pointing out the obvious here, that's all.
0: Alright listeners, so if you're tired of me making dark characters, holler at your boy on Twitter or Facebook. I can easily go bright and cheery, but I feel like there are a good number of our listeners that share my little bit of like dark twist desire in-game. I don't know.
1: You know, I think it brings out your creative side, though. I think you, you like to visualize and flesh out these characters that just have kind of a twisted past or a corrupt present or an abysmal future.
0: And in all honesty, as we'll go through this, Zangrace doesn't have too much of a dark side. He actually is more dutifully bound to this research. So he's not terribly dark himself, but he does do the biddings on behalf of dark or a dark guild so yes the guild is dark but but zangrace himself is is actually uh in the college of martyrs quite a martyr himself
1: it still sounds like a fun character and that's the last nice thing i'll say until the end of the episode when i once again compliment you on your build let me tell you about my guy he grew up as a young loxodon which as we all know from our time we spent in ravnica are the elephant people and this was kind of a tough upbringing because as prevalent as the loxodons can be in this world it's not without it's challenges because you look so vastly different from the average even elf dwarf half orc you got the trunk you got the big bulky body the big floppy ears it could get hard out there there's bullies is what I'm saying and this young loxodon named Thrum was bullied and he didn't take it out with vengeance he saw the way of justice and common sense and he found a role model in Saint Cuthbert which is of course a intermediate deity from the Greyhawk setting who believes in vigilant common sense and can made enemies in holding up those ideals and Thrum also found the Azorius Senate which is a group of basically government officials and bureaucrats that handle a lot of business around Ravnica and Thrum campaigned his way to becoming an elected judge in the Azorius Senate and he adopted the common name of gavel because loxodons often create a common name that's easier for people to pronounce because their dialect is so rumbling and deep because of their big old noses. So Thrum now spends most of his time delivering justice to those who have it coming, uh, seeing through the bullshit and helping some people who are just down on their luck, and also campaigning for his job as an elected judge because politics are kind of a bitch. So I bring to you Thrum, a level 9 loxodon of the azorius senate background and he is a order domain cleric
0: he sounds like a real prima Luxadana. oh you just sat thinking that the entire time i was talking almost it was like half <laughs> of your story
1: <laughs> I almost bit beer okay because i'm all about order this week Before we get to scoring, we must first handle our business, and that is to honor our sponsor, Cantrip Candles. They're the purveyors of 100% soy candles that are specifically designed to accompany your tabletop adventures in games like D&D and Pathfinder. They have a great selection of scents that smell like different locations in a fantasy world, musty taverns, libraries full of arcane texts, or the one we lit up this week, Dungeon Depths. The world of Ravnica is pretty heavily populated, but it also has its fair share of opportunities for the DM to throw an abandoned cave in the mix. This candle is perfect for that scenario with its dank and musty notes of dust, stone, and water. But to be honest, you can find any scent for all of your adventures in Ravnica with their sampler pack, which offers 9 of their scents for a great low price. Once you decide you want to buy each and every one of these cantrip candles, you now can and the lab will help cover some of the cost. When you use the code LABRAT, L-A-B-R-A-T, all one word at checkout, you receive 10% off your total purchase. Be sure to check them out that's cantrip
0: candles and if you don't know how to spell cantrip you shouldn't be playing D. thank you garen for that message and cantrip candles for always being part of our guild now i think i'll go ahead and start us off by uh heading us off in the melee category i'm arguing a negative one here because it's better than nothing i have a long sword with a plus four to hit dealing out 1d8 slashing damage that is the definition of better than nothing
1: just flat old 1d8 yeah all right i will give you a minus one i am arguing a zero because I'm just a little bit better than you. I have a mace that I am reskinning as a gavel, of course. It's a plus five to hit, 1d8, plus one.
0: I'm not really sure how you're going to (laughs) get... At ninth level, you're not going to get a zero for having plus one on both the two hit and the damage die, so unfortunately... It's better than yours. (laughs) I think you're in the same boat as me this week.
1: I think we need to look at perspective. There's no fighter or barbarian in this episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, sir. So... Moving on to ranged, how well can you throw that gavel? That's, that's So really I got a zero, right? No, you got a minus one. No. Ugh.
1: I also have a minus one in ranged. I have a crossbow with a plus four to hate. Plus four to hate.
0: It's plus four to hate, baby. <laughs> hate <a>
1: ranged. One...
0: <laughs>
1: I hate it because I got a 1d8 minus one. I think. Do you get a minus one for dexterity when you're using a crossbow? Yeah. <laughs> so you already know my dex is low. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you must have no initiative, too. All right, cool. Taking that minus one. How about you? Well, I'm also taking a minus one. I have a plus four to hit with a dagger that I throw, which deals out 1d4 piercing damage.
1: Oh. <laughs> I would love so, to give you a minus two for that.
0: <laughs> I know. Moving right along, <laughs> <laughs> let me take us into burninating, where I'm arguing a zero. So I have four total spells or magic dealing damage. Uh, features. So I have Thunderclap, which deals out 2d6, Thunderwave, Acid Splash, which deals out 2d6, and then I took an animal enhancement. So, one of the cool things about this Simic hybrid race, right, is that they start out a different race and they're constantly trying to like perfect and tinker with things. They're very scientific, they're research minded, so they incorporate animalian traits into their own bodies. So these are like mutants, but like they did it to themselves. It's kind of cool.
1: Really cool race. Probably the coolest race in the book.
0: I agree. So you get to take a feature, an Animalian feature at first level and again at fifth. So at first level, I took Acid Spit, which deals out 2d10 acid damage unless they succeed on a deck saving throw against eight plus con modifier, which is zero, plus proficiency, uh, which at this level is four. So my DC would be 12. Now... To fit in with my backstory, I took two feats. I took the Elemental Adept feat for both Acid and Thunder. We have not featured this feat on the show previously, but what it does is it allows you to ignore resistance to Acid and Thunder damage when you are casting these spells to people that have resistance or immunity to these spells. In addition, when you roll damage for a spell that you cast Acid or Thunder damage, you can treat any one that you roll as a two. Zangrace is in the lab all day long researching how to permeate and get better damage with ideally as he grows he wants to get you know the full roundhouse kick for every damage type for magic but right now he's got acid and thunder down and he's got four spells to do it with so because of this i'm arguing a zero because i spent two feats on this i like that and i like that you
1: dedicated this build solely towards this mind of the character where he's trying to build that stuff up. So I'm sure your ability scores suffered in the exchange, but it's for <laughs> such a good reason.
0: Well, thank you. So is a zero okay?
1: I got no problem with a zero. I'm also arguing a zero. I've got Toll the Dead, which is 2d8 or 2d12 if they've taken damage, and I have Divine Strike damage. Every time I deal melee damage, it adds 1d8 psychic damage on top of that. Ooh. So that bumps up my gavel strikes a little bit. I'm hitting you in the right in the temple with that baby.
0: So that's what you're bringing? Oh, I also,
1: sorry, I, I forgot. I also have the level two spell Spiritual Weapon, so I can make a spiritual gavel hanging around, which you know after you cast it, then you can use your bonus action to make an attack with it
0: too. That's a great freaking spell. So if it's a spiritual gavel, like when you're banging it, does it like start playing like, Sitting in the morning sun, I'll be sitting when the evening comes. Watching the ships rolling. Is that what it does?
1: Yes, it also does Son of a Preacher Man.
0: <laughs> That's much more up-tempo. I like that. <laughs> so okay, zero's so all around? Zero's all around, but tell us how controlling, and I imagine Order Domain is going to have some control, so let's hear it. Dan, you
1: have the book in your possession. Have you read The Order Domain? I have. Okay, so you know I've got some really fun stuff here. The Order Domain is one of the controlliest clerics that i've experienced uh that i have seen and i love it so first let's talk about the channel divinity orders domain within 30 feet of me creatures must make a wisdom save or become charmed by me until the end of my next turn or if they take damage of course these are creatures that i select not just anybody i can also use that feature if they fail to save to command that they drop whatever they're holding which is awesome because yeah, that, the charm will wear off really but cool. then their weapons are on the ground
0: That's so cool.
1: At 6th level, I got Embodiment of the Law. Enchantment spells that take one action can be reverted to a bonus action a number of times equal to my Wisdom modifier before I must finish a long rest, which is 3 for me. So that is pretty fantastic because the order domain bonus spells you're getting, very enchantment heavy, you know, talking about your hold persons and your charm persons and stuff like that. So I've also got those spells, of course. I've also got my trunk, my Loxodon trunk. I was hoping this would come into the final build of the race, and it is. You can use your trunk to pick up and move stuff. You can't use it to wield weapons or shields, but you can use it to grapple. So that's why I'm throwing it into control.
0: I liked to see that they incorporated uh, the trunk in there because it really would have been a waste because it it really is quite dexterous on a a real elephant, and for them to just totally disregard it uh, would have been a shame, so... 100% You know, privately you know we had talked about this when when it came out on unearthed arcana we read all the races and we texted back and forth and and we both agreed that the loxodon was a little bit of a disappointment in the preliminary build And, and i'm
1: happy with the final build of the race because it's got the trunk and it's got the it had i believe the unearthed arcana had advantage on saves against being frightened and they've added advantage on saves against being charmed as well which is also cool So that's also in my control category and the final thing I'm adding is the commune spell where I can commune with my deity, Saint Cuthbert, if I need a little bit of guidance. You know, it's a little bit more potent than augury. I am arguing a one in this category.
0: Yeah, I definitely think you're worthy of a one. You have some really cool utility and I'm gonna try my hand at a one as well. I have Detect Poison and Disease, because you know, medical researcher here. See Invisibility and Creation. And uh, I also have the researcher background trait of the Simic scientist. So when you attempt to learn or recall a magical or scientific fact, if you don't know that information, you know where and from whom you can obtain it. Usually this information comes from a Simic laboratory or sometimes an it facility, a library, a university, or an independent scholar or other learned person or creature. Knowing where the information can be found does not automatically enable you to learn it, you might need to offer bribes, favors, or other incentives to induce people to reveal their secrets. Your DM might rule that your knowledge you seek is secret, secreted away in, in an inaccessible place or that simply it can't be found. Unearthing the deepest secrets of the multiverse can require an adventure or even an entire campaign. While not omnipotent, it's definitely got some, got some utility. I, I know where to get some information, and even if it's inaccessible, I at least know where to scrounge for more.
1: Yeah, I can see where you're going with that, and that's fun story building and role playing, and it also gives a seed of information for your DM to play off of. So, is that the end of your argument? It is. We're we're in agreement that this is not actually a plus one. You put up a pretty good fight, but that's a zero.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, moving into tankiness, my Simic Hybrid has 72 HP and an AC of 15. The other Animalian enhancement I took at fifth level for the Simic Hybrid was Carapace. It describes it as your skin in places is covered by a thick shell. You gain a plus one bonus to your AC when you're not wearing heavy armor. Not wearing heavy armor. And now you say, well, you're a bard. You're proficient in light armor. Well, when you're a bard of the College of Martyrs, you're proficient in medium armor. So I've got scale mail. So I've got that 72 HP and that AC of 15. I think that... You know, everything that I've mentioned that makes that what it is, I think it's worthy of a zero.
1: Okay, so just those two things, no healing?
0: Healing, plenty of it, but I'm putting it in ally assist.
1: Yeah, I can't really knock you down to a minus one with with a decent AC of 15, so I can definitely give you that zero.
0: It's respectable for a bard, no question.
1: Absolutely. I'm arguing a plus two here because Loxodons are arguably one of the tankiest races you can build. I have 108 hit points and an ac of 16 which is unarmored because i wear judges robes of course or it's an 18 if i use my shield which i also have i am proficient in heavy armor if i want to wear it but i just wanted to show off when you've got that loxodon hide your ac equals 12 plus your con so my con of 18 is giving me this huge level of tankiness oh yeah i am also packing some serious healing But um, I'm just going to leave it at that. I think this is plus two worthy.
0: I think you're going to roll here for your plus two.
1: My charisma is a 14. I got to at least be kind of conversational with the people. I'm in the court all day or out on the campaign trail. You know how
0: it goes. So you get a plus two to your roll. And I rolled a 15. 15 plus two is 17, which is the DC for a plus two argument. Garen, congratulations. You made it by the skin of your tusk. Oh, I eked it out. So tell us, how do you help your friends? Elephants have, gotta have a lot of friends, I would imagine. They never forget
1: birthdays, any of that shit. I got mass healing word. I've got guidance. I've got heroism. I've got prayer of healing, which, sorry, listeners, I can't recall if we've talked about this before. It's got a 10 minute casting time, but you recover 2d8 plus your wisdom for basically all of your allies. That is a great short rest equivalent you know even especially if you don't have the time for a short rest
0: who does these days
1: an hour what are you gonna where are you gonna put an hour in your day i've also got voice of authority if i cast a spell of first level or higher on an ally they can use their reaction to make an attack that is pretty cool i agree arguably also a control thing but i put it here because this is where i wanted it so i'm (laughs) arguing a plus one for ally assist
0: that's the beauty of our show. We can get creative with how we argue, and there's no question for me that it's worthy of a plus one. I won't even argue. Some really nice features there. Pretty unique. Th-
1: thank you. Okay, Bard. Bards are notorious for their ally assist with all those classic features. What are you saying here? Yes.
0: So I'm arguing a plus two. I have Raise Dead, Mass Cure Wounds, Greater Restoration, Leoman's Tiny Hut, Healing Word, Cure Wounds. Now, here's where it gets cool. The reason I chose this college Because at third level, you get something called Psalm of Healing. Whenever you use a spell to restore hit points to a creature, you can expend one of your Bardic Inspiration to enhance the potency of the healing magic. You roll that Inspiration die, and the creature regains an additional number of hit points equal to the number rolled. If if a spell heals more than one creature, you can choose to do it on more than one of the people, but you have to expend a Bardic Inspiration for each one of them, which I think is nice balance. Very balanced. Additionally, at sixth level... At the end of each of your long rests, you can inscribe invisible arcane runes into willing creatures to create a spirit ward. You can create a number of wards equal to your charisma modifier, which for me is three, and you can mark a creature more than once. If you mark a creature that you can see and it's targeted by a spell or a magic effect, you can use a reaction to expend one of your bardic inspiration and redirect that effect to yourself instead. Super martyr, I love it. You must choose to do so before the DM determines whether the attack hits or before the creature rolls its saving throw. After you use this feature, one ward on that creature fades. Otherwise, the wards last until the end of your next long rest. That is my total argument. Um, I made this a super healer and also a pretty altruistic character. So, And just to remind you, raise dead. As long as they have been dead for less than 10 years, uh, (laughs) you can raise them. And also they
1: can't die of old age, which almost never happens in DD. How often do you hear of someone actually dying of old age? But
0: Well, you know, you get you got those people that are playing 36 year long campaigns. I imagine, you know, your PC's probably at like level seventy two and probably like eighty five and like, I really don't want to do this anymore, and the DM's like, and you die of old age.
1: Can you imagine that role play session of your player just being on their deathbed and all of the other parties surrounding the bed and like talking about the good old times as they just fade away?
0: And I apologize. I was incorrect. Raised dead is 10 days, not 10 years. Minor, minor change. So (laughs) that's my plus two. What do you think?
1: I think this is a roll because I got no problem with that.
0: Okay. So I have a plus three, as I mentioned to my charisma. So I must roll a 14 or greater to get that plus two. I rolled a 10, so I'm not going to get it.
1: All right, you take your plus one and we move into ability balance. How balanced is well, your character Well, before we do sheet? that,
0: let me tell our listeners how they can help the D&D Character Lab and they can get a plus two in ally assist for themselves. Because who the Never hell doesn't want, me want that?
1: Never cut
0: off again. <laughs> Now, listeners, did you know that there are a number of ways that you can help us out and support the show? We have a Patreon that has tiers that start at $1 and move all the way up to 20 bucks. They have bonus episodes, and in the month of November, we have three bonus episodes. In December, for instance, we've got 12 Days of Christmas. What that means, we don't know. But you can find out for just a buck. Now, we also have supplements available on DMs Guild for just a buck. Search Garen Jones and you can see all the great stuff that we have to offer. And we also have ability score shirts and also merchandise that has the minimum and maximum values for all the ability scores. You can put it on a shirt, on your chest, wear it around town, show everybody that you're a dumb dumb with your minus five intelligence. Now, that being said, get on there, buy your husband or wife or girlfriend or person that's in your D&D party that you kind of look at out of the side of your eye and think, think they're cute but you never say anything. Buy them a shirt. Buy him a mug. Buy him a supplement off DM's Guild. They're not gonna know what to do with it. It's gonna be cool. Now, moving into balance, it's a great segue, wasn't it? So I think smooth. I think Rottery. I'm going in. I think I'm going into radio after all said and done. After uh, we
1: retire from this successful
0: podcast. That's right. I'm arguing a plus one for balance. So now you would normally argue plus two for a bard. It's a no-brainer. Why I'm arguing a plus one is this is a pretty balanced bard, but I took some feats that. Are Pretty weak. I mean the feats aren't that great just for theming and it suffered in the ability scores And I will detail those now strength of 10 decks of 10 con of 10 intelligence of 15 wisdom of 13 charisma of 16 now again Intelligence of 15 on a bard completely unnecessary, but this guy's smart. He's a researcher. That would be his score passive perception of 15 other things i have a spell save dc of 15 and a spell attack bonus of a plus seven some pretty good numbers but as you know as you know at ninth level you need a little bit more than that so that's why i'm arguing a plus one
1: right on yeah i got no problem with the plus one you get that i'm also arguing a plus one i got a strength of 12 Dex down there at eight because i'm a big lumbering dude i got con of 18 intelligence of 12 wisdom of 16 charisma of 14 five proficiencies spell attack and Spell Save are exactly the same as yours, so, I mean, I feel like I'm right there.
0: Yeah, I think that's a fair plus one. Now, any reason you went so low with the decks, given that you got that trunk? It doesn't add any dexterity to you, or...?
1: The trunk adds this manipulation potential, you know, to be able to pick up and carry things and move things around, open doors and all that. But I was just picturing this guy who is not very combat oriented you know his abilities are more about talking and talk and interacting with his allies and casting spells so i wasn't seeing a very physical creature whatsoever but that's why i bumped that con up as high as i could though
0: yeah yeah fair enough so moving on this week we're going into our smooth operator and spitting fire scenarios which are our non-aggressive and aggressive social situations and this week it has been provided to us by our $10 patron Ryan Leftley and it reads you've been hired by some shady people to rob a local noble lord with the expressed instruction not to kill anyone infiltration goes well but the lord catches you in the act of stealing from the lockbox in his study what do you do Garen well first of all I cast calm emotions to make him just chill out right then I use the feature of
1: my background legal authority Legal authority states It sounds sexy. This is about as sexy as bureaucracy gets because I have authority to enforce laws of Ravnica. The status inspires a certain amount of respect and even fear in the populace. People mind their manners in your presence and avoid drawing your attention. They assume you have the right to be wherever you are. That's that's where I'm hinging on this.
0: That's pretty cool.
1: If you abuse the privilege, you can get in trouble with your superior. So I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. But using my legal authority and my persuasion, I convince him that I have a verbal warrant to inspect this lockbox, which I then do, and I cast Zone of Truth on him, and I make wild accusations about everything I find in here, asking him all sorts of questions and making him defend everything. And then I confiscate all the contents of the lockbox for further investigation.
0: Fairly fairly smooth, but what is your persuasion? There's a couple things here. What is your persuasion?
1: My persuasion is a plus six.
0: Go ahead, and, go ahead and roll me a persuasion. I just want to see how you do.
1: Look, I have a mandate from the local courts to be investigating your lockbox.
0: A verbal warrant, you say?
1: I should specify it is a verbal warrant. And with my 16 plus six, my 22 <laughs> really convinces you. Sold. This is legit.
0: <laughs> All right, so now moving on, before we get into... Whether or not you get this score, you find, one of the things you find is a timepiece, like a pocket watch. Yeah. What is the wild accusation that you're making against him?
1: Did you ever hide this up your butt when you were a prisoner of war?
0: Because <laughs> I feel like the wild accusations, like, in a lockbox, you're going to just have a lot of valuables. And I don't know what wild accusations you're going to make about, like, some things that are just very logical, like gold pieces.
1: Gold pieces. The most suspicious of all the pieces. <laughs>
0: What were you arguing? If I bite for this? these, is gonna taste like chocolate? What What
1: were you arguing for this? I'm arguing a plus one.
0: Yeah, that's fine. You can get a plus one. It's a it's a good argument. You got some good features too. I like that they assume that you are where you're you you're you're supposed to be where you are. Uh, that
1: is just asking you to screw around, though.
0: Oh, I know, definitely.
1: Obviously, your DM can impose penalties on that, you know, and and difficult situations with your superiors, but it's begging for it.
0: Immature players like us would definitely. <laughs> abuse it anyway i would cast calm emotions as well on the lord immediately i would naturally turn to the, i would turn to the lord and say oh thank god you're here here help me unload this lock box i have to repair the lock on it it looks as though someone was trying to steal from it and i've been sent from it from the maintenance team to fix it now i know it's <laughs> the lock fix box it. maintenance team <laughs> that's right i know a spell that can fix this up good and easy but it can be quite destructive so get all this crap out of here. I don't want to ruin any of it. And so I'd hand him all the belongings and clear out the remainder of the lockbox, tell him to cover his ears, and I would cast mending on the lock of the lockbox. And then I would say, there, it looks like it worked without ruining any this time, and it didn't make a loud boom like it usually does. Come on, let's load this lockbox back up. And as we load it back up, I start stuffing things in my pockets.
1: Okay, are you proficient in deception?
0: I have a plus five to deception.
1: Let's, let's see that roll. Okay, you got it because lockbox maintenance crew is pretty sketch
0: hey all right i rolled an 18 plus five so yeah oh yeah you love the lockbox maintenance team they've saved your ass a couple times
1: i imagine you and your party you guys are all like loaded <laughs> down with magic items there's no company logo on your clothes or anywhere
0: you buy it hook line and sinker so I'm, I'm arguing a plus one here as well
1: all right you got it hell yeah so take it nasty how are you going to handle this
0: So I insist that there is a strong curse coming from the lockbox and that I've been sent again from the lockbox maintenance team to clear out that lockbox and destroy the items. I would then pull a sprig of holly from my pocket and cast Awaken on it in order to animate it. I would (laughs) then plant the holly in the lockbox and say, See? Look, there's evil emanating from here. I must destroy everything. I would then throw all of the items in a pile on the floor and promptly cast Thunder Wave, on everything, sending it flying everywhere, mostly in ruins, and then I would walk out of the room. I'm arguing a zero.
1: <laughs> like, like a zombie sprig going on here?
0: Yeah, but it's real tiny. It's just a little sprig of holly.
1: I'll give you a plus one for sprig of holly.
0: <laughs> Thanks. I was only arguing a zero. Or were you arguing
1: oh, cool. a plus two? No, I was oh, arguing a zero,
0: were. so it's all good. I'll take that plus one. So how do you handle this in an aggressive manner?
1: Well, Throom, you know, gavel. He uses Compulsion, which is a spell that makes people walk in any one direction. And I make him walk away from us and keep walking until he gets to his bedroom. I then cast Command, and I say Lie to make him lie down on his bed. I then tuck him in, real nice. I fluff his pillow, and I cast Hold Person on him so he can't move on his bed. I then lift the bed using my Powerful powerful Build, which is part of my Loxodon traits. And I carry him downstairs and out onto the quad. I then spray alcohol all over him and the bed and run off to tell the guilds about how hard he just got hazed, assuring the fact that he doesn't receive a bid during rush week.
0: You're going to what here?
1: Uh, plus one.
0: I'm going to give, I'm going to incur a minus one penalty here just because your one word command is lie. And what if he interprets that as just to tell a lie and he just lies to your face?
1: What about down? bed? <laughs> sleep, sleep,
0: sleep, sleep. That's hyphenated. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Plus I uh, plus one all for right. the sl- for the hyphen. I hope our listeners understand and know that, like your character, there is much order and standardization to our show and our scoring. Yeah, this is a very refined system at this point. (laughs) So, moving into X-Factor, would you play Elephant Boy, sticking to the rules, throwing gavels, ringing people's bells, dealing out psychic damage, grabbing shit with your thing?
1: Ooh, grabbing shit with my thing. (laughs) Yep room would love to grab shit with this thing all day long. The race is solid for me. The plus two to con, plus one to wisdom. All the features are enough to get me in there. The order domain is super fun. I love it. It's a very... It's like the leader of the party, but he's also a true support character. So I didn't even fully support out his spell list, but you can go almost non-combat if you want to. And... I would love to play this character. I, I, I truly want to play a Loxodon in a game when I have an, a next opportunity.
0: Yeah, I agree. Very, very cool. I would say, yes, I would play my character uh, because I like the Mar- College of Martyrs subclass that was created here. Uh, I also enjoy the Simic hybrid. I don't know if my specific build was great, but I do enjoy both of those elements. Um, I, I actually kind of want to play a Simic hybrid. What What, what do you think?
1: That is a, it, like I said before, it's the best race in the book. And you picked a great subclass too. Um, props to, I believe you said his name was Logan, correct?
0: Logan Adams, yes.
1: Logan Adams, great work. We're going to try and reach out to him somewhere on social media and we're going to plug his shit with this episode. Dan, as fun as your character was, I did beat you five to two on this one.
0: Ah, yeah, but you were worthy, worthy, worthy. So I'm, I'm happy that we got to showcase Order Domain here on the show. It, it's a lot of fun, and I think it's a welcome addition to the Cleric class.
1: And we didn't get enough into the guilds of Ravnica. I think it's the part that really shines about this book, because it is deep on world-building and kind of lore, but it also gives you plenty of jumping-off points for creating your characters and... I don't even think we mentioned, Dan, that these backgrounds that come with the guilds include additional spell lists, which is a huge boon to the player because those don't count against the number of spells that you can know.
0: Oh, and Garen... this episode is just scratching the surface. Guys, if you liked any element of what we were talking about, there's so much that we didn't touch on. Each of these guilds, if you have a party in the same guild, you can get gain abilities by working your way up through the ranks in the guild and get access to new spells and advantage on certain things and inspiration and in other places. So definitely check this out if you're interested at all in Magic the Gathering. This supplement is a must-have even if you don't explicitly run a campaign that is Ravnica themed. Uh, incorporating small elements even into your Feyrune campaign for instance. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of great ideas in here uh, and we can't speak highly enough about it.
1: We sure cannot. I look forward to reading the rest of this book. But that concludes our month of magic here for November. And as a reminder, if you like this episode, be sure to check out our last three weeks' episodes as we featured Plane Shift supplements available from Wizard of the Coast on DM's Guild for free. All feature a different setting taken from the popular card game Magic the Gathering. Be sure to check out our show notes for a link to the supplement that Dan used. We are talking about College of Martyrs by Logan Adams. Finally, be sure to head over to your local co- comic shop and pick up this book, Guildmaster's guide to ravnica but before you do that go back to dm's guild after downloading logan's work download some of our stuff garen jones is the name search all the content we put out there if you become a patron you can reap the rewards of our 12 days of christmas we're going to be delivering a tasty treat to all of our donors every day leading up to christmas and this is the perfect time to become a patron because as dan mentioned before we had three episodes in november bonus for five dollar and up patrons and if you thought excessive turkey and stuffing made you uncomfortable last week Try getting an extra dose of Dan and I every day in the Discord. Zero out of five patrons attest that it is worth it. Join our community now.
0: <laughs> that about wraps things up for us this week, Lab Rats. And just remember, when it comes to character creation, it doesn't have to be optimized.
1: It just has to be fun. Have a great week, guys.
0: This has been a production of the DD Character Lab Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at d Character Lab. Or shoot us an email at dndcharacterlab at gmail.com. Most importantly, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app.